You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Hey folks, Brian Nichols here from The Brian Nichols Show. Are you tired of partisan politics? Do you want to hear the news without that media narrative? Do you want to be more well-rounded as a person? Or how about this? Do you want to get to know and learn from noted entrepreneurs, elected officials, C-level executives, economists, and more? Well, how about this? Look no further. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Again, I'm your host, Brian Nichols. Go ahead and learn more at briannicholsshow.com. Okay, so hear me out. You like getting cash back for the normal stuff you buy throughout your week, right? Of course you do. Check out the Dosh app. That's D-O-S-H, Dosh. Dosh is available at the App Store and Google Play Store and securely connects to your credit or debit card. From there, every time you use those cards, Dosh searches for available offers. Once it finds one, Dosh automatically redeems the offer and converts it into cold, hard cash. Muchos dineros, brother. Then deposits that directly into your Dosh wallet. Click the link to download and join Dosh today and get $5 just for joining. This link is exclusively in the show notes of this episode. So, show notes, special link, Dosh, $5 cash. Start on the path to quick and easy cash back on the things you love today. Hey everybody, check out the Break the Bell podcast where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. The days are counting down. The ballots are being cast. Few very shits are actually given with these remaining days left. That's right. The nightmare is soon to be over. We'll finally learn the results of this epic battle between countrymen, between families, between friends and congregations and colleagues alike, which soda is officially more superior, Coke or Pepsi? That's right, America. Only you get to decide. But obviously, that's just a really poor joke. The election's like a few weeks away, and I don't think I've ever been more apathetic in my entire life. And as I look at the things uh, from the past seven months of being in this self-imposed lockdown that we're all in, it's really made me question what is genuinely important. And as somebody that used to run around screaming about the importance of getting involved, I don't think I've ever been less involved in anything politically related in my life. But you don't want to hear me just talk about it. We've got Trisha from Ginger Arky. 
one of the contributors here at the We Are Libertarians Network. We are recording this very late, so if I sound like I'm dying, and if she sounds like she wants to go ahead and throw something through a window because her week has been tough, you get why. Trisha, it's great to finally get to speak with you after so long. I think the last time we did, it was literally when there were 40 Democrats and their mothers running for president a year ago. How is life? Life is wonderful, and yes, it's been a long time. Uh, I do remember being forced to watch a bunch of Democrats yell at each other on a stage. So I'm glad I didn't have to do that this year. I only had to watch um, Republicans yell at each other on a stage. So, <laughs> Does it feel like a million years ago? It does. And I think I actually, your, your intro was correct. I do care less now about politics than I did before. So <laughs> it goes for me as well. I it, it's it's really hard for me to one really get into the nitty gritty of it because there are a lot of people at the Weird Libertarians Network that do a much better job than I do, primarily because they actually have the enthusiasm for it. And I when recrafting this podcast, it was primarily looking at everything else other than the political angle. But even when I don't really want to talk about it, I find myself having to somehow weave it in to at least be relevant with folks. And I don't know about you, but I have not received really any letters, any phone calls from pollsters. I haven't received really much about it. And overall, when I look around, I don't see that people are being hounded with the election as they often were. I think I see um, – so there's a lot of jokes about it on social media and things like that um, about, you know, registering I'm, ta- I'm talking vote. about I'm talking about these bastards literally knocking on your door all day. No, I haven't received anything. I think maybe we got a flyer in our garage. And that's funny because um, I do – I am a member of the Ohio LP and the work I do is like social media marketing and stuff like that. Um, and then I used to be big in the Republican Party, which they still are like are holding out for me to come back apparently. And yet I have received hardly anything this year because I just don't think it's not, there's no enthusiasm. Like there was, there was a lot of hatred last time. That was the type of enthusiasm. Now people are just like, whatever, these people are awful. And, you know, we're locked down from the coronavirus and I just don't give a shit. Oh, do you, are are we explicit on here? Are you cool like me or do I Oh, fuck. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sweet. God. Put your freak flag fly. (laughs) 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 I, uh, I, I don't. How, how, how do I find the right way to put this? I think one of the benefits of coronavirus is that it's made people care less about it. Probably. Although some people do equate politics with how um, it's being treated. And I, I guess there's something to be said. There's some truth in that. But I don't know. Politics is it's in everything. You know, it's going to be in every decision that somebody in the government makes. So just to say that this is purely political and everything's going to change after the election is really naive, I think. I um we're we're recording this a little bit before Halloween and uh you know as a giant nerd I've been trying to find literally everything online to distract myself and I saw that uh cult classic Elvira Mistress of Darkness actually Ooh, came yes. out with her quarantine Halloween special oh, and shit. I'm like you know I'm actually like I'll I'll, I'll watch it and for the most part you know it's it's exactly the type of music video you would expect from her just mindless entertainment. I'm I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, I'm cool with this. Then she starts dropping a bunch of Trump jokes, and it's like, dear God, yeah, like nothing, 
nothing is safe. Nowhere is safe. You can't go anywhere and avoid it. And for the most part, I don't care about her politics. I don't really know her politics, but you know, it was you know, it was a, a couple of Trump jokes and nothing for Biden. And it's like, Elvira, why do you have to suddenly be like that? Like, come on. Yeah, you know, it's funny because having been um a neoconservative and really active in the Republican Party and um just in politics in general before, now I'm an anarchist, um, I still get a little annoyed. Uh, depending just on that whole uh, media, there, especially entertainment. I don't want to necessarily say media because there's plenty of right-winged media. Um, but it's just like you can make fun of Trump, but nobody really does it about Biden or it's a token joke on SNL or whatever. And, and the problem for me mostly is it's not that funny. So you can take a comedian or an entertainer that's decent and they're forcing these jokes about Trump. Some of them are funny. I mean, some Trump jokes are like funny it, like if they're funny, they're funny. But yeah, you know, just just insulting him alone is not the same as being funny, right? Or insults that could really go all around for any politician. It's like, well, that's kind of like everybody, you know. If if they were you know really hitting Trump on the good stuff, then I'd be laughing. But nobody seems to insult him for good reason. It's for stupid reasons. Did uh, Did you watch Bill Burr on SNL? <sighs> So this is the thing. So my husband is a huge Bill Burr fan. We like really dark comedy. Like Stan Hope is my dude. Um, it's, my husband's a bigger fan than I am. So uh, we just caught some of the skits. I hadn't seen the uh, beginning monologue. The, the cold opening was... Was it good? I, I laughed my ass off. Okay, and because people, the skits I did not, were shit. They were people, so PC. And I was like, what did they do to Bill Burr? Like, this is not funny. It's politically correct. You're trying to make like um, a lot of this stuff. It was forced to me. So I'm glad that the beginning monologue was better. Let's uh, let's see if I could pull it up. Let's see if I could do that. This happens live, Sweet. folks. We're, we're going to figure this out yes. live. Do you want me to like sing while you're doing that or you know, I talk mean, about abolishing the government or anything? I don't like know. That? You got you got any Elton John? I could, you know what? I'm a big fan. Did you see Rocket Man? I fucking love that movie. I didn't get to see it yet. I saw and, I saw it three times in theaters. That's how much. Oh, I did liked you? It, it was yeah. genuinely that good. Is it? See, yeah, there are a lot of people like it was crap. And oh, look, I see Bill Burr. Oh, you're fancy, Remzo. You do I'm way trying. fancier things. Do you, like, do you hear? Do you hear that? I don't hear it, but I see it. Wow. Well, that's not what I want to do. Have you been a, like a Bill Burr fan or just like? I, I, I wa- I've watched his his special and stuff before. And I, I think he's, I think he's funny. I mean, he, yeah. he's my type of humor. So you like the dark humor? Yeah. Well, my, my second book was dark comedy because you can't talk about modern day politics and segregationists without having something to laugh at. Oh, this is true. Did you watch, there's a, um, a documentary called, uh, can we take a joke with Pendulette, I believe might've produced it. I think, I think that's his thing. It's about stand-up and how political correctness is killing comedy. And once you kill comedy, you're just pretty much – it's just a sad society after that, really. Well, I mean people don't have the ability to laugh. And you know, one thing that I've, uh, I've, I've tried to find when it comes to stand-up primarily is that oh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of clafter. I call it clap, clap, uh, cl- you know, laftivism yeah. where it's like you've got these – um, people that just aren't funny, but they go ahead and throw out like these woke jokes, and people are supposed to laugh, but then they start clapping. And I f- and I find that if you're a comedian, people are just clapping at you, and they're not laughing. You're not actually doing your job because why else are these people here? 
That's legit. Whoa. I've never thought about that. And that's actually really true. Stand up's a big thing, something I, I really miss. Actually. I, I see this I see this a lot primarily of female comedians and I'm not <laughs> bringing up like no, like it's not it's not a sexist thing. I just find that a lot of female comedians they usually jump to, you know, jokes about abortion or something else. And it's like, okay, like if it was actually funny, like, you know, there there's a Whoopi Goldberg stand up where she actually makes an abortion joke and like it was I'm I'm pro life and all that stuff. I thought it was funny um, because it was genuinely funny. I, I can't name it off the top of my head, but it was. And you've got a lot of these other things where they're talking about the wage gap and other stuff. And then they're like, yeah, guys, right, right. As if you're trying to coax them into right. agreeing with you because, you know, everyone in the audience wants to be more woke than everyone else. And that that's just how that happens. Okay. I've got it. I've got it pulled up can, on my phone. Can I'll I just it. wait real quick? Can yeah, I just say ahead. something to what you said? Cause I have ADD, so I'll forget. Um, I'm going to say something controversial. Women um, are just not generally as funny as men, although the ones that are funny are really fucking hilarious. I find that so. women are not willing to go to the lengths as men yeah. to do certain things. I think Lisa Lampanelli a- goes to those lengths. She's hardcore. I, I could I could see that, but like I, I would say that she's like softcore dark humor. Yeah. I don't yeah. like you don't have like a female equivalent of like a Bill Burr or somebody. That's true. Okay, well, I've got I've got the one. Okay. Okay. And we can we can pause throughout. This happens live, folks. We figure it out on the fly. Woohoo. Okay, do you hear that? Yes. Oh god, they're wearing masks. All social distance. This is like apocalypse now. It's weird. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am so. Could you imagine him with hair? I've been doing stand up yes. forever. <laughs> and this I has can't. always been a lifelong dream of mine to come here and host Saturday Night Live. So thank you so much for coming out. Coming all seven of you. Yeah. <laughs> the band has to clap extra loud. You guys all look like surgeons with your masks on. <laughs> Makes me feel comfortable that you're wearing masks. I like people who wear masks. That's good. You're listening to the eggheads, the people we all cheated off of True. in high school. Right? <laughs> Keep listening to them. And then if you don't wear a mask, that doesn't bug me either. Right? Take out your grandparents. You know? <laughs> Weak cousin with the asthma. I don't care. <laughs> it's your decision. There's too many people. <laughs> okay, I'm pausing. That right there, that caught me so off guard. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> that, I don't know. That is, I might that get is... kicked off the network, but um, <laughs> I have to say, like, that's a fun. I like that kind of dark I, humor. <laughs> I, I was cool with that. Like, I, I, I haven't heard anyone say it. we've all thought it at some point. Like, oh, if I could, if I could has. just, if I could just cough on the right person, my life would be easier. Yeah. Well, who hasn't who hasn't said I want to get some I want somebody to get hit by a bus? And not well, that I, I mean, do, how, but... <laughs> how many times have you gone online and it's like, wow, this this celebrity died. Why can't that person catch COVID? Yeah, yeah, it exists. If you're that dumb and you want to kill your own family members, by all means, do it. Stops you from reproducing. It's literally a dream come true. And speaking of dreams come true. Did you see Rick Moranis got sucker punched on the Upper West Side? (laughs) Did you hear about that story? I did. When you, like, one, I haven't heard him in forever, but two, hearing Rick Moranis and 
he, you know, hearing hearing his name and then hearing Rick Moranis got randomly punched. That is one of the most 2020 things ever. Uh, well, you know, when you hear like Rick Moranis, I feel like when he walks around, there should be like background music that goes wah, 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 or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> New York is back, baby! <laughs> <laughs> City started looking like a giant bed, bath, and beyond. And then, <laughs> oh, Ricky took one in the chops. It had to happen. It had to happen. That's what happens when you stick an M&M store in Times Square. All right? The universe has to balance itself. Okay, I've got, I've got a quick funny story. I was, my girlfriend and I were going to go to New York City for a few days in March, and the day that we would have flown was the day that Cuomo shut down the entire place. Well, that, that we actually flew back into Cleveland from uh, my friend was recording his, his show live. So we were down in Memphis. We flew back in. And it was like just the world shut down. It was weird on the on the 14th, I believe it was. And, and I think it's beautiful now because you see like, you know, pictures of like Times Square and stuff. And it looks like something out of I Am Legend. Yes. It's like, I don't know why I feel that the more dangerous New York looks, the more I want to go there now. Well, you know, you can I mean, blame, if it's not, if it's not blame for Rick Giuliani Moran, for not, all that law and order and cleaning it up and making it all fancy. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, if it's not safe for Rick Moranis, I feel like that's the New York you want to be in. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Get the peep shows back in Times Square. Old people can walk safely 40 blocks away. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably get canceled. For doing oh, that joke, you know how stupid is that cancel thing? They're literally running out of people to cancel. That's They're going after dead people now. <laughs> They're trying to cancel John Wayne. Okay, before he gets further, how do you feel about Columbus Day? Um, so this might be something that <laughs> <laughs> oh, just stop. I saw your you are a you are a troll. <laughs> I just. I, I, I just I, 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 I give very few shits about Columbus Day, but when I hear people go, like, you know, pulling out the 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 Columbus, you know, evil mastermind. Decoder well, ring, I'm listen, like, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I might fall on the left there. I just don't. It's not anything that I care that when much I, about. When I find rail about <laughs> when I find things to be raged to be enraged about. You know, trying to get Columbus Day taken taken out is just not on the list of priorities. I feel like that's for like a post a post uh, uh what, oh shit, what's the word? Like like a society where like you've cured cancer and everything else, and now all you have left is to go after you know ho- holidays named after Italians. Right. Like like I'm like <laughs> he okay. wasn't Italian, Remzo. Was he Spanish? <laughs> Was he Portuguese? Well, that's like remember. a myth. Which FDR made Columbus Day a thing, which is really funny because everybody's arguing about about something that's supposed to be some kind of like really American holiday, and it's not. He was just throwing it out there before he locked away the Japanese. Okay, he came. He came that for was Spain. a hail mary to get the Italian oh, yeah. vote, and he, he wasn't even Italian. <laughs> this is this. I don't know if I. Wow, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but let's 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 forget that happened. Columbus Day is uh oh fuck it. It's just Columbus Day. I don't okay. care. Okay. <laughs> It's like, yeah, dude, God did that 40 years ago. <laughs> They're all up in arms. They're like, did you hear what he said in that interview in Playboy in 1970? Can you believe that? It's like, yeah. He was. Okay, see, that's exactly how. Okay, I'm going to bring up Columbus Day again. That's exactly how I feel about Columbus Day. If we have to go after Columbus Day, we should have cured, like, you know, diseases, end war, no more yeah. violence, cats live with dogs and shit like that. 
I just like I I just don't have the the emotional space to just be mad about everything, especially well, things that's out of my control. That's something that, and I think all it does is bo- boost the uber right wing um, thinkers and people out there because your outrage is, although it can be granted, Columbus was not a. I don't know if you know he was not somebody that I would sit around and celebrate. But there's so many. Uh, there's so much. I worked on Columbus Day. That might be the most yeah. anti-Columbus Day thing. I worked that <laughs> there day. There you go. You were, yeah, you were being a the people that were, were bitching about him were the, were the people that got to go on a walk and enjoy their nice weather. I was working. But it's like, at what point does that? Does your outrage for Columbus Day like maybe worry about the genocide on the other side of the planet right now that's happening? That we, you know, we could potentially make a difference in and we should be making people aware of what's happening in Yemen. But we're talking about Find the man who punched Rick Moranis. Yeah, exactly. And Priorities. So all that does is make the left, which some of their arguments are really valid. And I wouldn't even say they're really left arguments. The problem is you're you're not prioritizing them and you're picking and choosing. And then the, the conservatives they look at that and they think, well, these people are a joke. Remember, like, remember, bring back our girls during the Obama administration. Yes. Oh, God. when The Rock took that selfie of him all oiled up and glistening, and he had the little <laughs> post that said, "Bring back our girls." It's like, hey, Dwayne, do you know how many Nigerian children are kidnapped like on a daily basis? Yeah. And you need to turn like the the hundred that got kidnapped into a freaking photo op. It's like when, when Michelle Obama did that, and then she gave all the you know the, the the sad puppy look. And it's like, lady, you're literally sleeping with the man who has the ability to kill people. Yes, who don't go on Twitter. Go go to him. Killed an American teenager and said he should have had a better father. And so yeah, there's no moral oh, high cold. ground there. Yeah, that's <laughs> Obama literally said that. He literally said that. And then Trump went and killed the kid's sister. Well, you know, so. you, got, you got to finish them <laughs> off. Have you seen? Have you never seen a movie? If you don't take out the whole family, they come back yeah. for vendettas. That's it. You know, and but somehow that's okay. You know, so I, it's just I guess it's this righteous anger that I get about it about their unrighteous outrage is is the way I look at that, it. That's so. the best way to put it. Okay, let, let's see who he's going to destroy in a second. In 1907, <laughs> that's what these people sounded like. You never talked to your grandparents and brought up the wrong subject, and all of a sudden <laughs> that it went was, off the rails. That was my grandpa. Just keep making the cookies. Yeah, you don't bring up race or religion with your grandparents. You keep it simple. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know, I guess my grandparents are older. I don't know. Plowing ahead. <laughs> Plowing ahead. Let's, let's, talk, uh, let's talk white women here, shall we? Oh, man. <laughs> so, this white, white women, amazing. Amazing your accomplishments over the last few years. I got to tell you, the way white women somehow hijack the woke movement, generals around the world should be analyzing them. <laughs> Just to refresh your memory, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color. Not getting opportunities, the at-bats that they deserved, finally making that happen. And it was about that for about eight seconds. <laughs> and then somehow, white women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. I don't know how they did it. I've never heard so much complaining in my life from white women. Oh, my God. It's... It- I. Uh. <laughs> it is so true, though. Oh my gosh! At, at, at what some point do you think? Are you looking at yourselves and realizing how ridiculous you look? Like I'm embarrassed for them. I'm embarrassed for them. 
and I'm a white woman. <laughs> I put I, I put white I, I put a lot of white people into that category. I think white women are more egregious when it comes to being like you know the 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 white messiahs for minorities across America. But like you see this with a lot of white men too. And what I find hilarious is that uh, you know they're they're always screaming about you know white supremacy and stuff like that. But it's like you know you're you're the only one that like I may, maybe it's because I I you know I basically live in a basement now. Because of how the world is, but like, look at you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a real I'm, libertarian. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing out the beard, but I don't have the ability to grow it that far. But like, you know, it's like the only people I see who shout out anything that's remotely like, you know, pure white supremacist propaganda are the people constantly screaming about how black people are, you know, getting attacked purely because of their skin color. And the only re- way that anything will change is when enough white people get their act together to do it. It's like, dude, you're basically saying that you're the you're the end all be all. You can only be the hero for all these people. How about it's, you shut the fuck up? You know, it's really frustrating to me because I've worked um, in Northeast Ohio about like bail reform. Um, and are there black can- people in Ohio? There's a lot. Okay. <laughs> and... It's so the black people that work in the movement and try to change the laws and fix the system. It's it's the white people want to be on camera. Yeah, it's kind of a slap in the (laughs) face. I've worked with the Young Communists League in Cuyahoga League in Cuyahoga County for jail because the jail there is disgusting. They hold nonviolent offenders on bail and they die in this jail. It's just a disgusting place. But it's like all these young white kids that are really privileged that go to one of the universities up there get in front of the camera. You're right, and do all this and act like these people that are. trying to change legislation, talking about their loved ones, you know, that may have died there and doing things. And it's like, but they couldn't, it's like, almost like, well, aren't you cute? I'm going to get on camera and fix it for you. It's like the only way anyone will care about. I just think it's a slap in the face. It's like, they don't need you to. Yeah. The only way anyone will listen to the black people is if the white liberals They just need you to stand with them. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's very frustrating because, you know, you can, you can do good work and it's okay to stand beside somebody, but you don't need to be the person. Like, if you want people to play, take black activists seriously, then you take them seriously and don't try to speak for them. I, I don't know. It's you hear that white woman? Yes, Sim that's down. right. Sim Spoken down. from a suburban white woman in, woman in Ohio. <laughs> Check your privileges. Okay. White guys, the nerve. Where's the camera? The nerve <laughs> of you white women. Let me, I, listen, I don't want to speak ill of my bitches here. Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, let's, let's go back in history here, okay? <laughs> you guys stood by us toxic white males through centuries <laughs> of our crimes against humanity. You rolled around in the blood muddy, and occasionally when you wanted to sneak off and hook up with a black dude, if you got caught, you said it wasn't consensual. It's hysterical. Because he's calling them out. There are people in the audience who are like, is he talking about me right now? <laughs> I 
haven't been in New York for about a year, you know. I was uh, I was here last year. I was shooting a movie. Had a great time with Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson, and all the guys. Yeah, had a great time. And I haven't been here in like 13 years, and I immediately noticed how extra crowded the city was. And I was getting all claustrophobic. I'm like, what's going on? How much some people not using safe sex and making all these babies, you know? <laughs> So I finally walked up to this old New York door guy, and I was just like, dude, what's going on? What's with all these people here? And he was just like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. He goes, it's, it's June. He goes, it's Pride Month. Oh, no. Like, what's that? You know? Oh, shit. I never heard of it, right? <laughs> didn't have that when I was a kid. He goes, oh, it's Gay Pride Month. And I was just like, oh! <laughs> you know when you're just, like, stuck in the Matrix, and you just can't, everything's just pressed up, you can't see anything? And then somebody gives you that little nugget of information that just pulls it back. Like, why is it so crowded? It's Gay Pride Month. Ah, tank tops. Zero percent body fat. Two guys kissing. Rainbow flags. Ah! I didn't know that. That's what I learned. The month of June is Gay Pride Month. That's a little long, don't you think? <laughs> For a group of people that were never enslaved. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, shit. How did they get all a Jew? <laughs> Dude, black people were actually enslaved. They get February. <laughs> 28 days of overcast weather. Sun goes down at four in the afternoon. Everybody's shivering. Nobody wants to go on the parade. and really funny i i see i read a lot about it but i didn't watch the monologue i i, I, I watched it anything, i watched you it could last be offended night. on the left or right i watched it last night after reading a few of the after reading a few of the reviews and i feel like they never they didn't actually watch it i feel like one liberal watched it and started crying and all their other friends were like why are you crying what happened they're like the bill burr said something mean and it's like then they all just started making shit up i don't like, you know, some, some people will see that now he's going to probably be called like a, a right wing extremist. But like I look at that and I'm like, this is shit that we would – that everyone would be making fun of at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, also, I, I don't consider him – well, he actually does lean more, I would say, libertarian. Yeah, but I like, wouldn't I, consider I, I, that right wing really at all anything. or left wing. It's just being a realist. Like, like <laughs> remember when – like, like remember when, uh, when Dave Chappelle – did his sticks and stones oh special. Oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. And it's like, suddenly you had conservatives like, you know, lifting him up in a golden chair. Like he is, he belongs to us now. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, he comes out and endorses Andrew Yang. And it's like, we never liked him. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's because it's like, you take well, him back. <laughs> that's the thing about comedy. Comedy shouldn't fit into a left or right box. Comedy is just being a realist. You know, it's, it's the remedy to tragedy. It's, you know, if you can't laugh at something dark in the way the world is, and once you try to claim it or be political as a comedian, you're destroying it. You're not funny anymore. And that was funny. I'm so sad for this world. <laughs> I'm really sad that they can't enjoy that. There has to be a reset. Yeah, I mean, comedy for for a lot of people now, and I mean, I 
they, I, I went to a pretty conservative college. We didn't have stand up in town. That's you know that's how it was. It was basically the town from Footloose where they banned dancing. Wait a minute, where did you go to school again, Rimsel? I went to Liberty University. Oh Lord, I have a lot of friends that went there. Yeah, I visited down there. We had a very fundamental. We had a bowling alley. Ooh, that was a, that was about it. Yeah, the I hope you didn't lodge. partake of any alcoholic beverages down there. I did that off campus often. Oh. <laughs> I hope that you've asked for forgiveness. We had, we had, and this is funny. We had a, uh, we had some comedians come to school, and they spoke at our convocation, which we had three times a week. It was mandatory, <laughs> and they would, they would make like the most. I, I would call them like the most mayo jokes ever. Like they would throw in like a joke about women or they would throw in a joke about uh, drug use. And it would just be stuff that if you heard it anywhere else, it's just not shocking at all. You bring up a joke there and, you know, people are going to be tweeting about it. They're like, did he know that he exposed his, 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 inner, his inner issues to a crowd of, you know, practicing Christians? And it's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop ruining this. We get lectured all day and some guy tries to make a joke to make you happy because we're all degenerates at heart and you're going to bitch about it. That's it. I I think there's some, there's some interesting and cool things about Liberty. Like I know um, that's where Hody went. um, And I think Hody got a really good education there. He went went online. He went online. That's like, yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I, Hody is a good friend of mine and I did not know that he did not actually attend. I thought he was on the debate team there. Hody, we're going to talk. We're gonna I'm, get, I'm probably wrong, and he's like, Remso, you just you yeah. just put me in the online. Well, he might get kicked is... out of the Church of Latter-day Saints for this, so we have to. Be I think he he became a Mormon <laughs> afterwards, so he's like grandfathered <laughs> into that. It's like, no, you came afterwards. You're you're extra oh, good. Well, they'll disown him now. So here's some gold. <laughs> here's some gold. But uh, the some Christian comedians. I mean, they're funny if you grew up in church. I grew up in a really um, uh, evangelical church. We planted churches. It was a big part of my life. So some of those jokes are funny to me, but I don't think they're very universal. Do, do, you, do you know Bob Smiley? I do. So Bob Smiley went back to Liberty, I think, two years ago, and this was right after a divorce of his. And this was probably as edgy as he ever got. Um, he's talking about what it was like when his wife left him, and uh, you know, he's talking about the reasons why she did. And at one point he's like, yeah, she looked at me and looked at him. And then, you know, she looked at me and said, I'm going to go for that guy because he has a bigger, and then he just let linger. And everyone's like, Oh, is he about to say Dick? He's like, she, she looked at me and she looked at him. She looked back at me and said, I'm leaving him. I'm leaving you for him because he has a bigger checkbook. And it's like, Oh, okay. He got, he, people, people got mad because the innuendo was that he was going to say dick or something. Yes, because so, Christians don't have penises. Yeah, the, the Christians don't have sex. Especially men and women <laughs> that are married. That would be really bad. The, the children just arrive. Yes, they do. Yeah, so he, he got he got lectured for that. And, and when you watch the video, there's a lot of laughter because a lot of people got it. But then you've got some tepid laughter, like, I want to laugh, but I don't want my friends to shame me afterwards. And then, you know, he talks about how he, uh, he did prison ministry and he actually goes and performs in prisons. And uh, he has a lot of fans who are incarcerated. And um, at one point, they're sending him letters and they're like, hey, man, the guy that took your wife from you. Give me his address. I'll go kill him. And, uh, you know, he, you're expecting him to say, yeah, but I would never do that. I forgive him all this stuff. And next thing he just stares at the audience. And he's like, well, let me find his address for you. 
<laughs> and then you get the same type of response. And it's like, listen, comedy is supposed to point out the things that we don't like to say in polite company. Mm-hmm. If it's not doing that, it's not funny. Well, what's funny is I found uh, growing up in that um, real right-winged evangelical American Christianity is that they would laugh at that were they in a secular setting, like a place that wasn't. They would completely laugh at that. But you're conditioned to look a certain you, you way don't, in front you don't of Christians. Want to do it, you don't want to do it in front of the people you go to Sunday school with. Right, which is just really um, – it's against the teachings of Christ. Not that you want to round and be, you know, live in debauchery and that kind of thing, but it's like, you want to be a realist. He didn't hang out with people. I guarantee you when Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, <clears throat> they were making some pretty funny jokes and it wasn't all about, you know, the Sabbath. So <laughs> I just, yeah, you're, you're telling me he hung out with a bunch of other dudes and a woman who everyone is calling a hooker and they don't find some amusement in that. Yeah. Like, you know, that, there would probably be some pretty good humor. In fact, I've, I think I've heard bits about that, like Jesus and the disciples before, which that can go really bad if you're talking to a Christian audience. Oh, like I, I heard, um, this is this is terrible. If there was ever one joke, and it's not even my joke, but if there's ever one thing I could say that would probably get me in trouble with a lot of people, it was the, um, the Biggie Smalls joke. And basically, have you heard that one? Uh-uh. Smalls and God? Oh, God. Um, tell me. Oh, please shit. tell me. Yeah. So basically, uh, Biggie dies and they have to go ahead and they, they have to get a crane to lift him up to take him to his funeral <laughs> because he's, you know, he's Biggie Smalls. And um, eventually he, uh, he, he dies and somehow he goes to heaven and he's pissed. He's like, who just took me out? How am I dead now? So he goes over to God and he's like, God, it wasn't my time yet. So God, you know, he's like reading a newspaper. He puts down the newspaper and he looks at him. He's like, holy fuck. You're, 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 you're blacker than a sunspot. And you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're morbidly obese. I'm surprised you lived even half as long as you did. And that's how it ends. And it's just, it falls very flat. It's just oh like, gosh. what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I saw the first time somebody did this on like Comedy Central and like you had some laughter, but you just they, – they, the, they put the camera into the crowd and everyone is just looking at him. <laughs> like, holy fuck. Did he just say he's blacker than the sun and he's extremely morbidly obese and he shouldn't have lived as half as long? And basically it's God saying, oh, how, how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> and it's stuff like that like – Sometimes you could say it just to get that reaction from people yeah. because you wouldn't want to do it otherwise. Well, that's a lot of like shock, shock comedy. Sometimes it like, like Howard Stern, I don't particularly, well, number one, I'm not for any type of censorship whatsoever um, by any government. And then anything else would just obviously fall into what kind of society you want to live in. But I don't find him that funny because I think he just says things to shock people. And, and I don't think he's just... There's not a lot of humor. I think you need to know timing and irony. Um, I feel like he, he's more of a novelty than he is a genuine entertainer. Yeah, I don't find him an entertainer. I'm, I'm In certain ways, I'm glad that he existed in the time he was in. You know what I mean? And kind of, I think he pushed back against political correctness. I just personally could listen to it for a long time. I'm like, meh. You know, it just sounds like some dude I'm serving at the bar to me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like I there there's there's a lot of people that try and be funny just by throwing out shock factor and like don't don't get me wrong that's the whole thing for people you know to each yeah. to each their own 
But, you know, I, I think, uh, and, and to kind of loop everything together, there's just not, I, I feel I feel like when people go after Trump or when people go after some things like that politically, they're not really trying that hard. No, it's very, it, well, it's very easy humor. And that's the thing about a good comedian. It takes intellect and it takes the thought. And, and they're a good stand-up comic. They put a lot of time into their routine. Um, you know, comedy is something I really, really enjoy, especially stand-up. Uh, it takes a really intelligent person to be a good stand-up comedian and 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 sustain that for a long time. Even just be funny, funny in general. Like you know, when you look at the SNL crew today, Blech. one I can't really name any of them off the top of my head. Only Pete Davidson, only because people talk more about how controversial some of his comments are and less about him being actually funny. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the original Ghostbusters for the first time like three years <sighs> a week ago, and I'm looking at Bill Murray and. Um, the the other guys and it's like they were genuine comedy geniuses and i don't oh, know yeah. if there's really anybody like that today who no. can be added to like the same league as them well gosh i think about probably one of my favorite well just writers and and comedic uh script writers on screen mel brooks that man just thinks on a different place. He's freaking hysterical. We don't really have that today. And I think that anybody who would be like him would be scared. Do, do you feel that Young Frankenstein could be made today? I do, with how, actually. With, with how, um, what's his oh. name, treated women in the film? Because there, there's a lot of sexual in, innuendo and jokes in, in Young Frankenstein. I mean, it's pretty PG compared to some of the stuff that's you out know, today. It, but like for that film... You, you would have a righteous mob attempting to burn it down. I think it would be so popular, just like Sticks and Stones. I, I think it would just kill it. People crave, people crave something that busts out of the norm. Who, who, do, Nobody, you think would, who do you think would attack it, though? Like very, very right-wing people because it has those jokes no. or very well, left-wing people they're because right they're aimed at women? Because the right would see it as their champion, even though sometimes <laughs> – it's so funny because they make a mockery of themselves so often, but you know what I mean? Anybody who, anybody who fights the left, therefore, which is why they like Trump, which is ironic because the guy is a New York liberal. You know what I mean? It's it, who would have thought that they'd be fighting for a guy who basically wants to tax the crap out of people through I, I included, and kill industry. <laughs> yeah, I, I included this in my first book, Stay Away from Libertarians, but like Cardi B, when she went out and she started screaming about the tax code, the amount of people at Reason Magazine that were literally orgasming because they're like, look, she said something that's remotely libertarian. Let's make her we're our so queen. Sad. And it's like, oh my we're God. the saddest people in the world. They're like, I think they like us. I think they like us. <laughs> Make them our king. Speak at Yalcon. Run for president. Yes. Oh, God. We were supposed to go. So we had bought tickets for Freedom Fest this year, long before uh, the shutdown. And I was actually going to BP, before plague. Yes. Yes. PT. And so that happened. It got canceled last minute and stuff, which I I wasn't a big fan of how that all went down because we ended up having to go on a trip that we didn't really, weren't it really should have. Did you like, did you like get a refund? We did eventually on that, but the flight, you know, we couldn't. And then our hotel, a lot of stuff was closed and Vegas wasn't. So it was just like, hi, we have to spend the money we already spent, but then we don't, I don't know. But it, what the, who they started inviting to that was the weirdest thing in the world. I'm like, when I went in 2017, I remember William Shatner was there. That was about it. 
Yeah, but it's like they just throw a conservative on the ticket and say that it's Freedom Fest. And I'm a big fan of a lot of like uh, conservatarians that I would speak to, uh, listen to speak. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say shouldn't be invited, but like just because somebody said they might not like taxes doesn't make them, you know what I mean? I, I, it was weird. And they had like Donald Trump Jr. on the list. I'm like, in what way is that? He was a huge liberal until his dad got elected, and now he just likes his dad, which, of course, he would. It's his son. But I didn't understand what he had to do with freedom. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, Van Jones got to speak at CPAC, and it's like that dude was literally a member of, like, a, a communist terrorist organization. He sent a man in the hospital. He sent a man to the hospital by beating him over the head with a with a iron bar. And then, you know, a few decades later, he writes a book. Glenn Beck makes him famous because – I was going like, to say, a, yeah, a Glenn Beck was yeah. stroking out when yeah, that like happened. Yeah, like a communist <laughs> in the White House. And now he's got a cushy show at CNN. And just because he says, like, one remotely positive thing about Trump and criminal justice reform, it's like, Van Jones is one of us now. Now. Yeah. He is enlightened. We have another black person. And it's we're like, just the saddest because there's like three of us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes us. So when somebody is bold enough to say something, because libertarian ideas aren't popular in, in entertainment or politics, maybe in people's homes or the way they live their lives. You know, most people, I believe, live as libertarians, um, but not you know, when you're talking in front of other people, it's not popular. So when somebody says something remotely like libertarian, we are just the saddest fan fanboys and fangirls that ever were. I, uh, I I don't really consider myself a funny person. Some people say that I, I do comedy type stuff. And while like my books and some other projects I've done have tried to at least be comedy because I talk about topics that are going to, you know, pull out laughter from people, I would not consider myself a funny person. I think I just have no filter. And I, I remember there was uh, back in my old show years ago during, I think, 2017, I was interviewing a guy who was a, a, a member of the Virginia House of Delegates, you know, back when I was like a respectable journalist and shit. That's all gone now. But, um, you know, I walked into his office and, uh, you know, very, very Republican crowd of volunteers. And they they introduced me to their guy who's in charge of uh, minority outreach. And it's it's this Korean kid. He's probably like 14. And I'm like, what the fuck? So they, they introduced me to him. And I shake his hand. I look at the white woman that introduced me to him. Oh, yeah. I got to bring a white woman to this. I look at the white woman <laughs> that introduced me. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Tokenism. Totally works. <laughs> they, they looked horrified. The kid That's was amazing. probably like, he did not fucking say that. And the white woman starts like, awkwardly laughing like no 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 like she thought it was funny but she can't say it is because it's true and then then i go on i do the interview and somebody there uh got offended by the fact that i said it and i'm like guys it's a room full of white people and your minority outreach guy is literally the only minority in the room yeah like i'm just i'm just like this coming from me i'm not your volunteer i'm not donating like this this looks kind of bullshitty and then i had somebody else who i i knew beforehand who was in the room i didn't see him there but i guess he had heard it and he messaged me later he's like man the look on everyone's faces was so fucking hilarious that was what i've been thinking for a week since this kid came over and i'm like it's just it's just calling out you know Strikes and bats. Come on. And I'm going to say something controversial. Everybody knows that Asians are the fanciest minority out there. I mean, it's just true. They, they, <laughs> they stick together. They get good jobs. They, yeah. they have very low crime rates. 
and I mean, excellent <laughs> credit ratings. So, yeah, like, I mean, I love Asia. I love people of all <laughs> walks of life, shapes, races, creeds, whatever. But you know, uh, they're doing okay for themselves. They're all right. <laughs> they're yeah, doing they're good. like the as as little as uh, if we could show up in the news as little as possible, the better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they know something we don't. They, I, I always feel like they're maybe they're just laughing at all of us. <laughs> oh, they are. They are. I, I grew up where I where I'm in in Northern Virginia. It, it's like Little Koreatown. It, it really is. And they they know all the stereotypes. They laugh at everybody. Oh. It's funny because you know they own all the Korean supermarkets, but it's the Mexicans that stock the shelves. <laughs> it's just it's just how it is. And you look at it, and it's like, wow, this is this is strange. I don't know if I can make a joke about it, but it is kind of just funny just to face value. It. <laughs> it is. You know, it, it's funny. Um, something I learned, like just we're talking about culture and things like that. You know, having grown up very, I wanted to put everybody in a box. You know, I was very, oh, the right is right. And I'm not going to think too deeply about my philosophy because, you know, that might make me change my mind. And, you know, you, so I've got this idea of Mexicans being illegals at whatever. And what's really funny is um, I ended up just having to kind of, I delved into Mexican, actual Mexico, Mexican culture and realized that, um, you know, these people are really conservative and yeah. I find it funny that conservatives are so scared of Mexicans. The only reason that Mexican, the Mexican people that are over here don't vote conservative is because of immigration policy. And a lot of them do actually vote conservative. And like if, if Republicans just changed that a little bit, they would own that voting block. Just well, here, here's, a, here's a question. Have you ever seen a homeless Mexican? No. I, I was born and Whoa. raised and grew up on, in a border town. And I've never seen a homeless Mexican in my life. I've never thought about that. You know, I really haven't. I, I think and okay, this is my this is my controversial statement of the day. Say it. I think homelessness is generally a choice. Um, I do uh to a certain extent. I do. Um that's not to say that I don't believe in helping the homeless. Um it's so funny. I just had this conversation with my husband. You're not you're not allowed to criticize homeless people. Oh, I definitely think I, you can criticize anybody <laughs> for anything. Yeah, but you say it out loud and everyone will shame you. I, I a while ago and, and this is like I, I'm people call me the guy that hates homeless people. I, I tweeted <laughs> out like, you know, maybe homeless people are homeless by choice. And everyone, the left, the right, furries, you name it, they showed up. <laughs> and they're like, You can't say that. What about this? And I'm like, We're in America. There are so more than I think options there's a, out there, public and private alike, to help you not be homeless. So I think there's a, a class system to homeless people. So oh, they fight. Oh yeah. Well, have so you ever you seen them fight over? Town, like, if somebody's yeah. homeless here, they're full of shit. They're lying and they're trying to get money. Yes. You go, um, to the off ramp on the east side of Cleveland, dude's legit trying to get a freaking place to stay, and if you hand him food, he's going to eat it. So do I trust? Do I think both of those people are equal in no, no. way, shape, or regard? Right. <laughs> Do I think they're equal? A lot of them, too, I think, are veterans that have addiction issues, which was really horrible. Yeah, like a lot of homeless people, they they suffer with either addiction or mental illness. But yeah. you know, like what you said, when I see a guy who's like 300 pounds pulling out an iPhone standing yeah. in a medium next to a you know a Northrop Grumman building in Walmart, I don't, I don't buy it. I really don't buy it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I would agree. And I think, well – also white people have the luxury of pretending to be homeless 
That will that's the thing in my town. So I'm in my local political group. And of course I get called a liberal all the time because I live in Trump country, which I'm not at all. In fact, a lot of their ideas are would be considered much more uh, liberal than mine, but they don't see that. Um, <clears throat> but, but they're just so afraid of these homeless people. And I'm like, the dude is like, I'm like, don't look, make eye contact with them. I'm like, don't talk to him if you're that afraid and they just they don't understand and then that then the white lady jumps in and she's <laughs> like maybe if you tried to give him groceries i'm like he's had a bag of groceries standing beside him for two weeks i'm like y'all take your guilt go up to the east side on the off ramp of 71 you give that guy the groceries he's gonna bust the can open with his knuckles and eat him then then everybody's happy <laughs> because i don't know if people can't see the nuance of a situation or understand that you know, uh, it, it's not all like you see on Fox News or MSNBC. There's, you know, there's moving parts to everything. And just because one side says something doesn't mean it's all it's all right or it's all wrong. But heaven forbid we think like that because, you know, that would take some time and effort. I uh, I saw two homeless people fighting recently and, and you brought up the class system amongst homeless people. They yeah. they uh, I, I think I think there's like a secret homeless people union where they actually separate out who gets to go where to go beg. Listen, I listen to a lot of NPR that actually exists, Remzo. I'm not what even the f- lying to what you. What the hell? It exists. They're homeless, but they have they the have comprehension, the ability that to are go- unionize. That have a government job that advocate for them. Like it's a government job. What do they do? I'm not really sure. Maybe they How about they try to stop making them homeless? <laughs> they don't. Oh, that would be a solution to a problem. You don't want that. No. I li- so I listen to NPR a lot. Um, partly because it gives it for the shits and giggles, partly some of the reporting is decent. Um, or especially like the in-depth shows. I like a lot of the art shows, but they were talking about why the whole problem of this one podcast episode was why don't more homeless people vote? These are serious people. Because they don't fucking have a home. These are serious (laughs) people with like college degrees, mortgages, They're supposed it's to help us think about women. The world. It's white women with hyphenated names. Ironically, I have a hyphenated name. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's men with a lisp. And these are all podcast <laughs> hosts. And I'm laughing. I'm like, do we not see how stupid this conversation is? Like the last thing that person cares about, whether they've come, got there at their own device or whether it's they've got a mental illness or whatever, is voting. And we're sitting talking about that. That's privilege to the extreme. We are we are living in like Vice News is America. We are. There there was there was this there's this thing I saw a while back where it's like you can ad lib your own Vice News article, and mine was like how are the non binary how are the non binary transgender lesbian drug dealers fighting homophobia and Islamophobia in Ukraine? That's probably a story though. For it's real. probably real. If you go and Google that verbatim, it'll probably pop up. Yeah. Well, and also it, it is about near uh, zeroing in on issues. And here's the thing. Maybe some of those issues actually exist, but it, numbers and statistics are important. That oh, That's something I do think that the left doesn't do. And the right will just say, well, this I don't experience, so it doesn't exist at all. And then the left will say, well, this is a problem. And it's like, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's that if 1% of the problem is this and 99% of it is solving the problem, I'm sorry, I'm going to play the numbers game and solve that problem first before we can even attack what the non-binary random person, you know, trying to do whatever is trying to do. Like, uh, am I going to discriminate against them? Absolutely not. I have better things to do with my time. And I, you know, you do you and I'm going to do me. But it's it's like, 
I don't know, we pull out these what ifs, liberals do that a lot. And, and then conservatives make a joke out of them. Ironically, I could make a joke out of conservatives every day because they're characters of themselves. But that, that's the thing, though. We have the ability to make fun of ourselves and make fun of everyone else. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, libertarians, it's one thing. We, we hate each other more than we hate everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though, honestly. <laughs> I just got to take it what it is at this point. Yeah. I, I've, been call, I've been called a neocon and a communist within like a 24-hour period. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I – I don't, that, I don't know if these that are makes genuine. you a real libertarian. Yeah, like I don't know if it. I don't know if it, it's like you know just people that follow the Weird Libertarians page and stuff, or if it's actual listeners. Because I feel like if people, I think the stereotype I have is being very right wing, and I feel that if people actually listen to what I had to say or looked at anything I've ever done, they'll realize that's really not the case. Right. Um, well, I would say like especially I see some of the numbers that Chris does with uh, we now social media has morphed quite a bit, um, and it's not people on social media that are listening and and the network actually does i don't think people give it chris enough credit or we are libertarians because they might know it of it from social media and don't understand it gets really good numbers and chris yeah. has built this network over a long time it does well on its own standalone um so i think a lot of those people aren't listeners so they'll just do what everybody else on social media does and they'll see the title of an article or the title of a show or hear what somebody else says and then they'll post their opinion about it in fact i i was somebody uh, was saying the other day that, which is funny because I do a podcast and I'm on them and I enjoy them, but podcasts are for people that don't want to read books. <laughs> Maybe I that's totally a hundred million percent agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> which is so true because I'll be like, do they have the audio? Like somebody will mention a book with my, and my husband's a huge reader. He would rather read it in print in his hands too. He won't read a digital book. Uh, but I'm just like, do they have that book on tape that I can listen to while I'm driving somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. But we, we live in a weird world. But my I, I think it is a great place to wrap things up. Do you think we'll ever be able to laugh at anything again after the election? I wh- what I'm hoping for is, yes, I'm hoping for a reset. And I think that the anarchists are going to lead that. All six of us, we are ready. I think all, all, all four of you will be good. Yes. <laughs> well, and I'd be the one female anarchist too. So there you go. And, I can represent everybody. Head, so then you could fight the blonde <laughs> that shows up. It'll right. be a death match. There can only be one. <laughs> Die. You think you could step up here? <laughs> no. Libertarian, people- libertarian women. Like I, I, I love y'all because you have a you know great sense of humor, but at the same time, you're scary as fuck. <laughs> because like when there's more than one of you, it turns into like an alien versus predator thing. It is. I've seen I, – w- both the thing is because we know what the fuck we're talking about. So it's like we can destroy this man. It's like, you know what? This He's is just my asking tribe, a question. This he is mine. Just- <laughs> yes. Trisha, if, uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to follow you on social media, keep up with all your projects and everything else you're doing at the We Are Libertarians Network, how could they do so? Oh, you can, you know what? Just type me into any search engine. I'm on most platforms. I'm going to go back onto MeWe um, and kind of stir up minds again just because of some of the stuff that's going down. But just uh, Trisha Stewart Man and then Instagram, Trisha Stewart. If you go there, if you go to Facebook uh, to Ginger Arky, which is just a page I've got. And if you look through there, I've got uh, like website and links and things like that. Or just go to wearelibertarians.com and you can find my bio there or wherever. And, uh, 
you know, add me, follow me, do whatever. Do your twits and your tweets and your wahoos. You all know how Al Gore's <laughs> amazing internet works, folks. As always, I'm Rems W. Martinez. This was a fun show. We don't have to talk about literally anything else, but have a good time. As always, you're listening to On the Run. I'm Rems W. Martinez. Be good. Be safe. Go cyber bully your neighbor or something. I don't care. Good night. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.